left, right. Yo, what is up, my friends? Thank you for joining us for this episode. This is a pretty cool episode, talking about safety. And uh, James dropped some pretty interesting news I was not formerly aware of. Uh, so we get into that a little bit. I think you'll be quite surprised if you haven't heard it already. Uh, but listen up. Let me know what you think. Throw some comments out there. I'd love to check them out and uh, make sure we hit them on the next episode. So thank you for watching, and I'll see you on the other side. This is Sip Talk. Grab a drink and enjoy. <laughs> Cheers. 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 Wonderful. Looks like we are live across the board. Hello, everyone. Welcome to Sip Talk. This is episode 128. My name is Justin Agiulio out of my basement in New Jersey. I am joined by James, the Bosnator Boswell in very dim mood lighting. Looking very good. Good there, James. James is an accountant, a professional referee, a bartender, and a philosopher. Welcome, James. What did you just uh, crack open down there? You know what I cracked open. Is it a, uh, what is it, bush ice? Bush ice. Oh, yep, yeah. I'm freshly showered, freshly shaved, because I'm pretty sure that the, the listeners would have been able to smell me if I didn't. <laughs> um, um, and hi, Maria. It's good to have you back. Oh, welcome, Maria. Uh, Alejandro's greetings. Alejandro Salinas, greetings from Mexico. Uh, buenos dias. It's, uh, what time is it? Oh, it's about the same time in Mexico. What's the, are they central time in Mexico? Or is, or is they uh, probably multiple time, well, time zones? Multiple time zones. Some of it's central. Some of it would be Pacific. I don't know if any of it's on mountain. Yeah. All right. Interesting. All right. So look, so we got a, a couple of topics. We're going to talk about safety, which is very, very important. Talk about cars a little bit today. And uh, you had a surprise topic you want to drop on me. So uh, with that in mind, I'm going to pour a little drink and I'll let you drop it on me. Most of Mexico is central. Some is mountain. And some is specific. Um, so, yeah, the uh, the topic that I wanted to open up with, I don't know if you heard the news about OnlyFans today. No, I did not. Um, apparently, OnlyFans is banning anything pornographic. After that other Justin Bieber guy swung his dick around, what was it, Aaron Carter? Dude, I have no idea. I, yeah, I guess he was like a, the brother of a Backstreet Boy. He was pretty popular, a solo career for a little while. And then... Uh, Maybe OnlyFans? Yeah, I guess so. Something like that. Well, but how did how does that work? What, what's what's the? I feel like that was like a, a porn website. I I don't know anything about OnlyFans actually. Despite I don't know much, but it's basically people, people can create their own content, and then like you pay to subscribe to their channel, and if you like a certain person, then they can like they'll produce content that you like. Um, so it was basically a way for people that were in the adult film industry to be able to monetize themselves without having to go through a studio. And for people who wanted to try that line of work without having to enter the industry formally to okay. see if they could make a living doing it that way. So I got, so, I got two, I got two reasons before you tell me much of what happened, but here's what I'm thinking. Either the regular porn industry lobbied hard to, to stop this, or there was too many lawsuits that created too many issues for OnlyFans as a platform. So I don't think it's the first one because I don't think they were doing anything illegally. Um, so it's not like they have legal reasons. They weren't pressured from the outside. This is a decision that the company made by itself, ostensibly. I don't know if like the the porn industry was starting to try and push on them or anything. And like they were facing pressure from there, but I don't think that they would care because they're just like, we're making our money deal with it. Um, the, the real reason as I understand it is that they're looking to go public soon. And there's a porn website, go public with that porn. Well, so the idea is they're going, they're getting rid of the porn. So that way they can go public as a non porn website. What, what are they going to give like ice cream recommendations or something? Dude, I have no idea. Um, Cause the whole reason why OnlyFans has been so popular over the last year or two 
is because of people producing adult content. Yeah, and just to like double down on, on the clarity, your OnlyFans is not like a sports betting website at all, right? It sounds like it maybe could be, uh, especially now with all these sports betting well, yeah. websites. Well, now that now that they banned adult content, they might as well go for sports gambling because what else are they going to do? Damn. Well, that's, uh, you know, I never really threw uh, OnlyFans into the rotation there. That was always uh, a paid website, so. Uh, but it's a shame to hear, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm the, I'm pro porn industry. And I think that's, that's a, a good thing. And, uh, that's really a bummer to, uh, to hear about. And re- I, I don't know how that didn't come across, uh, any headlines. I, I mean, I didn't listen to too much of the news today, but breaking news. Yeah. <clears throat> what are your so, thoughts on it? What are your thoughts? I'm- I think it's a dumb move. It, it would be like McDonald's saying we're no longer selling burgers. Yeah, but there's got to be some rationale other than we're we're going public. Mm, it's that they want a cleaner look for investors. God, that's so gay. Gay and not a homosexual way. Gay in like a previous meaning of the word. Sorry, I, I got to remember. There's certain words I, you know that that have been in such large rotation in my lexicon that now they come out of my mouth. Some sometimes I catch them ahead of time, and then sometimes they just come out and like, fuck, I shouldn't have said that you know like like the you know like retard that's something that's been in my lexicon like hardcore since i was a kid and you know maybe like 10 years ago 12 years ago like people were like really like oh don't don't see can't use that word anymore and i was like yeah but i've always used it i'm just going to keep using it um but now it's it's kind of catching up and i'm like all right you know if if i say it nobody gets the connotation i'm going for it's just a lost cause i got to start reeling that in so um uh, is what it is. So you, uh, you want to introduce the uh, the uh, the topic that we're going with tonight? Well, like I said, I want to I want to talk about safety a little bit. Um, I, I, I don't remember how pre live we got on the topic of safety, but I think uh, you know how to make the world a safer place. I think is is important and something that a lot of people seem to care about right now. And, uh, and like I said, I want to talk cars a little bit because I, I'd love your opinion. Anybody who's watching, I'm in the market for a, a vehicle, uh, probably going to do something used just because economically, you know, it seems to make more sense. I'm not a fan of buying a brand new vehicle. 2011 Boxster S. I don't want to do the Boxster, uh, you know, after having a couple of different 911s, uh, you know, and, and having driven a couple of Boxsters. Boxster is a great car. I love it. But I like the additional utility of having the back seat. And uh, I like the way the car, the 911 drives a little bit better. By the way, for those of you who don't know what we're talking about, we're talking about two of the top model Porsches. And most people are familiar with the Cayenne, the Porsche SUV, and the, the smaller one, the Macan. But Porsche's signature car has been the 911 for 50 many, years, many a decade. Yeah. But they have uh, the Boxster, which is a mid engine car. So most cars, you open the hood, it's in the front of the car, there's an engine in there, which means the weight of the car is mostly focused towards the front over the tires in the front of the car. With the 911, which is their most popular car, the engine is behind you over the rear wheels, which changes the driving experience considerably. It almost becomes more dangerous, uh, especially if you're trying to drive it fast like you would a, a an well, it means that you steer with the with your gas pedal a little bit more because the the change in weight distribution when you're braking or accelerating is it's much more pronounced with a rear engine car. Yeah, and so mid engine cars are obviously the middle. So you've got the engine behind the driver, but in front of the right uh, the the rear the, wheels, the whereas rear a rear engine car is behind the rear wheels. Yeah, but the driving the boxers actually, it, it's literally like driving a go kart. It's it sticks to the ground. Uh, it's got a really really cool feel. Um, it's a lot of fun to drive, and it's only a two seater because you have that engine right behind. You can't even really, well, and it's a small re- car. It's it's a smaller car, but you can't even really recline the seats because you're pressed up against the engine, which also adds to the driving experience because, because the engine noise is right there. You have that engine you know, as gasoline powered <laughs> vehicles phase, phase out, but you have that engine right behind you. You get to listen to it. It adds to the experience. It's, it's really, really cool. But I happen to like the more iconic look of the 911. I like having that rear engine 
feel. And it's just, it's, it's a, it's a driving experience. I, I really very much enjoy, but I'm not ready to drop a bomb load of money on a nine 11. So I'm looking to get kind of like a regular, uh, a regular sedan. 2003 E 46 M three. Uh, it's got to be. It's got to be bigger. What's what's an E forty six? I don't know. What that's that is. just the uh, the engine that was met, like the E forty six series of the M three. Right, the M three is effectively like one of the three series, right? It's just the M engine. Yeah, um, you can get either a two door. I think you can get a four door M three. But if you get the two door M three, it'll still have back seats. It's just not big back seats. But so, if you're looking for that, like like an E forty six M three is really cool. Yeah, well, I, I had narrowed it down to either an Audi S5 or an A7. Um, but I would go with a 135, like a one series or a two series BMW over the S5. But but I want something larger. That's that's the issue. Is I'm looking for, you know, I, I'm looking for utility and, and extra space. I actually haven't ruled out station wagon, which is which is really weird. I'm just I'm getting sick of driving this big old pickup truck around. I parked in the city in a garage the other day in the city for like six hours and it cost me 78 bucks. And, uh, I was just like, and because it's an extra large vehicle and, uh, you know, to me, I was just like, I, I, I don't want to, which Cavarno be... says GT three. <clears throat> Again, I don't, pick. I don't want to drop a bomb. I'm looking to be in like the, uh, you know, 12 to $18,000 range. Not the, yeah, but not, not the $150,000 range. No, yeah. You're uh, not I, getting a GT three for cheap. I'm, I'm glad that you think uh, <clears throat> that highly of my finances, but again, I have other places to be spending money on. I'm just getting sick of driving a pickup truck. Uh, okay. So look, let's, let's talk about cars real quick because I, I want to get into the safety thing. Uh, I'm sick of people saying, all right, see you later. Be safe. Cause that's really getting to me, but apparently it's something people want to talk about a little bit, but let's talk about cars. Because I found this, <laughs> I found this uh, article that was suggested to me today. I'm sure through some type of cookie, and it said uh, "popular cars by country." So I wanted to ask you, without googling, what you think the number one vehicle in the United States is. I already know this because I looked at the map, but I would have probably guessed that it was a truck. I might not have. I probably would have ended up going with the F-150, anyways, just because. Like pickup trucks are so popular in this country, and the F one fifty is a, is the biggest name for pickup trucks. Like, there's lots of other people that make pickup trucks, but the F one fifty stands out for sales and everything else. Yeah, and it is it is the Ford F one fifty, which ironically is my vehicle. <laughs> so, um, yeah, it's. I have not been a newer F-150, but I've been in a lot of F-150s. And I don't think there's anything really that special about them. They're just really kind of basic. You know, if you're looking to get a pickup truck, like it's a very safe bet. But there's some cooler looking pickup trucks and probably ones that have better hauling power, you know, this, that, and the next. Um, but, all right. So, so Rosh is asking about Italy. Did we, uh, did we I didn't have, look at Italy. Uh, it looks like the Toyota Yaris. Yeah, Toyota is a popular one, really globally. Um, oh no, it's it's a Fiat Panda, actually. Well, yeah, the, a Fiat being popular in Italy shouldn't come as any shock. Well, he, uh, Rosh said uh, Alfa Romeo and Fiat and Alfa Romeo, as far as I know, are the same. They're owned by the same parent company. Yeah, exactly. Um, what other countries would you think of? I got uh, Ireland, the Toyota Corolla. The United Kingdom, the Ford Fiesta. Netherlands, not surprised, is the Tesla Model 3. Uh, See, that's surprising to me. That's surprising to you? Yeah. I, I, well, let me I wouldn't ask. think that Teslas would win anywhere. Yeah, but these super progressive countries that are very, you know. Uh, it's not about progressivism or anything else. It's that the production capacity of Tesla as a company is so much lower than a lot of these other companies. Well, when you yeah, when you throw that in there, that actually so I get what you're going in at, terms right? of like how much do people want Teslas versus how many cars can Tesla actually produce? It wasn't until recently that Tesla was even able to meet like order demand. 
Yeah, that's true. That's true. Yeah, I had a friend that just picked his his up yesterday and he ordered it like three or four months ago. Yeah, and like when I was in California, um, Teslas were a lot more common than they are down here. Uh, yeah, so, oh yeah, but that's why I'm surprised that Tesla's in the lead in any country is not necessarily because people don't want them, but because the company just can't make them. So Tesla Model 3 also number one in Norway. Do you know what is number one in Sweden? I couldn't figure it out because the the map wasn't good. It's uh, it's the Volvo S or V60. Oh, so, I love Volvos. It, yeah, it's got a, So um, that's an, that's another. I'm looking at maybe uh, uh, one of the Volvo models. So Mitch Cavardo so, says that a lot like cars and taxis are Skoda, uh, oh, which I so, think is like a Finnish company or something. I saw them a lot in um, Spain. So Skoda actually is a number one car in Finland. Oh, well, then and I'm then, glad that I got it right, because I'm hoping that it, it better be Finnish. So actually, I think it might be the most popular vehicle in the world right now is the Toyota Hilux. 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 And yep. she just asked about South Africa. With the number Probably the Hilux. South Africa, and that's that's exactly what it is. Yeah. I first came across that. that tr- It's a pickup truck in yep. it's a small pickup Re- truck. Dominican Republic. Uh, one of my friends who was actually from California bought a pickup truck down there and that was the truck. And it's just funny that you see all these, you see the similar brands, but you see different models of vehicles. They, it's not called the Hilux in, uh, in the U S I think well, they have a different name for it. Um, yeah. But the, the thing about the Toyota Hilux is that it is just known for being super dependable that you can drive it in any conditions and it just won't break down. The Toyotas are very reliable vehicles. There's no, it's, I, Most of them. Well, as far as I know, uh, they're very reliable. They're used all over the, the city for as taxi cabs, which they took over. The Ford Crown Vic was the previous, uh, previous taxi cab. Let me give you a couple more, a couple more countries because I think that's, uh, you know, that's pretty cool. I want to find out what it is in China. Oh, that's the VW, the Volkswagen La Vida. Yeah, I don't know that car. Yeah, let, let's uh, VW La Vida is it's got to be a, a sedan that uh, seems very Chinese to me. I would imagine it. Well, definitely not going to be a pickup truck. Oh, it, it looks like the uh, the Volkswagen CC. It's or like a Passat looking vehicle. Okay, so that's so that's pretty cool. No, I, I drive a Passat. So, and then Russia is the Lada Granta. Oh yeah, Lada is a it's classic Soviet brand name. Yeah, what do you think it is in Japan? Um, probably like a Toyota Yaris or something. <laughs> it's the it's the Honda N Box, which looks like that little Scion like minivan SUV looking thing. Oh yeah, like the XB. It's it's actually literally the ugliest vehicle. It looks like, you know those dogs that have like the, the like. English bulldogs or whatever that had the yeah. very short snout. It looks yep. like that with a big box body behind it. So, man, I've, I've never seen this vehicle before. This Honda. Uh, what are some other popular countries that you can think of when it comes to Australia? The Toyota Hilux, number one. Uh, New Zealand, the Ford Ranger, which is a very comparable model to the Hilux, actually. Yeah, Ford Ranger and Hilux, I consider to be like almost exactly the same. Yeah, so if you're not, if you're listening and you're not sure what a Hilux is, it's it's a the Toyota version of the Ford Ranger, in, in my yeah. opinion. Um, all right, what all else right. is there? Let me just hit a couple more. I want to do like somewhere in uh, in Africa. Actually, I'm seeing It'll be like Hilux everywhere in Africa. Yeah, I see Hilux. Well, South Africa. Um, I see the Toyota Land Cruiser, Yemen, Hyundai Accent in that region. Uh, it's 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 funny though that some countries like small cars and. <laughs> well, you can look at that in terms of the the wealth and progressiveness progressiveness of a country. Because you can look at a country like Yemen or whatever, and the people that can afford to buy cars in Yemen are the really, really rich. And so they're going to go with like a Land Cruiser doesn't surprise me at all there because one, it's going to be pretty good in the desert. Two, it's somewhat flashy, especially for that part of the world. 
Yeah. You know what car I always liked, which I saw a lot in the Dominican Republic, actually, was the Volks, uh, no, the Hyundai Sonata. I'm actually surprised I didn't see that anywhere on, uh, on the map. It's just their basic four-door. Yeah, it's got to be Korea, right? It's got to be... Uh, yeah, Hyundai's Korean. Yeah, I know that, but I'm trying to find Korea on the map here and try to figure out what, what their car is. But it's got to be the Hyundai. I, I wouldn't imagine it would be it would be anything else. Rosh uh, wants us to segue. All right, let me just hit a couple more. Mexico, you got the Nissan Versa. Ecuador, you got the Chevy Spark. Uh, Brazil, the Chevy Onyx. All right, give me one, and then I want to segue. I'll, I'll even use Rosh's suggestion. What's okay. Fiji? Oh, damn. All right, hang on. I can, I'm not even going to be able to find that on the map. It's a weird map. It's not uh, to scale. Fiji. Uh, the Toyota Hilux. All right, so we haven't talked about safety. <laughs> we haven't talked about safety in vehicles, but we could talk about safety a little bit. Um, what, we, what we were getting into pre-podcast, pre-being on air, was how things are looking pretty rough right now there you know there is uh a funny looking package or backpack or something that was left in times square it was reported as a suspicious package and they actually evacuated times square today and uh you know it was under bomb threat and we also had the bomb threat at the library of congress today and then you also had that was a real bomb threat as far as i know was a guy that pulled up on the sidewalk and then said i have a bomb and they evacuated the area I don't know if he actually had a bomb, but like you have to take somebody in a truck saying that he has a bomb seriously. Yeah, and he was communicating by by white erase board yeah. with, with the authorities, which yeah, I he, thought was like a really, I don't know, I, I, I would, it's an odd step in preparation to take, right? Like you just figure you could do it by your cell phone or you could shout, but this guy had this plan. He was going to write on the board, listen to what they replied, erase, and then write his reply back to them. Well, you know, Based on a lot of factors here, I think we're pretty safe in saying that he didn't think everything that he was doing today through. Well, no shit. A lot of, lot, but that's what happens when you're experiencing mania or severe depression. You know, when you, when you're not kind of on a regular path, you 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 end up spiraling, spiraling, you know, into places that just don't make sense. So he's not acting with with rationale. Um, but but how you know? My question was, how do we increase how do we increase overall safety? What, what are some things that we can do? What are some things that we should do? Um, and what are some things that we, we could do, but probably we're not going to do? I don't understand the question because there's two or three facets to safety that have limited interaction with each other. You can talk about personal safety in terms of how you go about living your everyday life. And then there's like societal safety where the government or society, if in a, in a place where government's weak, where society or government enforce policies to promote safety. And then you'd have like safety in a more global sense when you talk about things like climate change or like a giant meteor hitting the earth. Yes, exactly. And that's, that's why this becomes a, a complicated topic. And that's why, that's why we rush through some of the car talk because this, this can open up quite a bit. And, you know, the way that, so I was coming up with these ideas and then I realized I was all over the place, right? Like I was like, oh, do we just speed limits, more police, See, Mish Kavarnos is asking the exact same question yeah. I was, which well, is what, you need to set, you need to break this down into different areas. Well, let's, but let's, let's kind of, here, here was my thinking though, as I was like, do we have speed limits? Do we have more police? Do we get rid of cigarettes? Let's That's societal say, safety. Let's say, but then violent crime. So, but he, That's you know, also societal here's safety. Here's where I want to go with this. Let's say we want to build a utopia. Right. And, and um, first thing is don't those don't turn out well. <laughs> uh, yeah. I, we'll Watch go back any to... movie about utopias and you'll find <laughs> out bad idea. So but that's but that's the other issue with building utopia is that it just it never seems to work. So well, because it's impossible. So so let's let's break it down then. I don't want to make this a talk about how people can be safe. Like personal safety, like I don't want to talk about that because I think that that's kind of boring and also obvious. 
people know how to be safe in their general lives. I think we need to talk about societal or global safety because that's where all the attention is right now is nobody's looking at somebody who's riding a bike without a helmet and saying, I wonder if you thought about wearing a helmet. Is you know he's not supposed to do that? Like, but that, but then that's why I think we, we got to wrap it back into some of that because they actually are. All this crazy mask safety. I saw an ad today. You know Halo, the Xbox game, the guy's got the goofy mask on? I saw an ad today that came across my feed, and I don't know why it was directed to me, for me to buy this, this mask for $50, and it looked like a fucking Halo helmet. And they, they, the thing was, the ad was so fucking cool. And I was like, like the, I was like, this is an awesome thing. I would never wear this. I would look like I'm trying to be in a fucking video game. I got a freaking paintball mask on. So, there, you know, that personal element of safety and then the, also you're endangering me is, is a big aspect of it. But, but let's, I'm going to let you lead and then, and then, you know, we'll see where we go from there. Well, we need to first identify when it comes to safety societally, what are the current biggest threats? What, what has eroded societally in the last five years for this to even be a topic of relevance? Well, my big thinking or my, my big idea thinking is, is on climate change. Because I think that's really the ultimate deciding factor. You can put, you can put guns in the hands of you know seventy percent of the population, but it's not going to eradicate civilization as much as climate change could. Yeah, you can't shoot down a hurricane. And so, uh, you know, so so what do you what are you thinking? My my number one was climate change. Well, on a long a long enough timeline, you're correct that based on all the projections that are out there, if we don't change the way that we're doing things in this world, then the climate is going to change in a whole bunch of ways that are profoundly negative and cause parts of the world to become uninhabitable, cause other parts of the world to change in such a way that it affects the rest of the world. Well, I'm thinking mostly about being able to farm crops. If you've got places that you can currently farm crops and the rivers that irrigate those areas dry up and now they become a desert. Well, now you can't grow crops there. So what are we going to do with food supply? What are we going to do with, with sea level rise where you've got, I think it's like 70% of the like world's population is basically on a coast. So if you have sea level go up by even just a couple feet, it wipes out a lot of real estate where people currently live. Then you've also got the increased strength of storms and droughts and wildfires and heat waves. And it also makes weather on the other side more extreme where winters can be colder and you can have winter storms that are more severe. So you just have more extremes in the climate in both ways, but trending towards the hotter events. And that that's not even touching on the change in ocean temperature and what it does to the ocean biomes. And as the ocean warms, its ability to absorb CO2 increases at the same rate, at the, not at the same rate, at the same time that CO2 available in the atmosphere is increasing. So you've got more CO2 available and more capacity to absorb it. And so when CO2 mixes with water, it forms carbonic acid. So you have ocean acidification where you see all these coral reefs just kind of melting away because coral's super sensitive to pH. And so if you have a whole bunch of ecosystems that are pretty delicately balanced based on pH and they collapse and a lot of the world depends on the ocean for food. And if people can't get food because they need fish or whatever else, because all the, the fisheries die off because of, the, of climate change, because animals can't adapt as fast as we can. We have technology to help us out. Animals have evolution well, uh, yeah, I mean, and we some small clothes. adaptations. We, we wear clothes right off the bat. So Right. Yeah. So if you have the if you have a radical re like reshifting of ocean currents and you have kind of the entire ocean ecosystem collapse, I don't know what that has 
in terms of effect on the environment. But even if we think that selfishly, that's a lot of food that we're no longer going to have. Yeah, because a lot of the world exists on uh, on seafood, but except for you. Um, I'm doing my part. <laughs> but you, you make a, a really, really good point. And my thinking in you saying all of that is that a couple of the things that you said, you might have some disagreement by some people on, but the vast majority of what you said, uh, on top of it, nearly being 100% accurate, um, almost everybody in our generation and the generation after us will agree with you without hesitation. It's the generation that's, that was before us, our elders, that are most of the ones currently making the laws that, that will disagree with you. So it is, you know, our generation, anybody who's in their 40s and 30s and 20s are probably going to, you know, be concerned with climate change. Uh, the generation after us, you know, that are in, you know, that are kids or teenagers really should be looking at it with some terror. Because well, and they is, are, and this is, and they are, and that's, that's what I'm getting at, because this is something that their lifetime is definitely going to see. Like we, you know, we might be fading out like when it gets bad, but you know, like, you know, if you're, you know, homebound, you know, you're not concerned, you know, as long as you don't live on the coast. Um, but you know, a lot of old people live in, in these, uh, coastal cities, you know, look at Florida, Florida is where the nation's elderly and retired go I mean, to. Honestly, that's the one benefit of climate change is that Florida <laughs> will go away. But, uh, but, but, you know, realistically, uh, it's something that we need to be taking action for. What do you think would be the top three things that we could do to avert imminent climate issues? Because I've already well, said, I, I think... want to address some of these comments first. Okay, so Mish, okay. Mish Kavarno says, like, commenting probably about the acidification that I was talking about, that the Great Barrier Reef is dying. And, well, the Dead Sea has been dead for a while. Um, and then Jessica says, two lives in a row. I'm, I think I think she's talking about, like, oh, tonight, two generations. No, no. I think oh, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. This is two lives in a row. You hit well, we're glad to have you here, TikTok. Jessica. I'll hit the TikTok in a second. Yeah, go ahead and hit the TikTok while I put my thoughts together in terms of what we need to do. Okay, there's not much coming through the TikTok. Just Justin, you should run for office. Thank you, uh, Jaser. But I, there's no way in hell I'm winning any office. Um, I may have an office I, I run for and manage at my house, but that's the only office I'll be occupying. Uh, and then Pixie Girl says hi, and we get a, a few others that uh, I, we haven't been engaging with the TikTok audience, which is which is my bad. Um, we'll we'll come around to TikTok uh, pretty soon. So sorry, guys. Again, you're not even. Unless you see me looking out this way, I'm I'm completely missing TikTok, so that's that's my bad. Um, all right, so what are your thoughts? Top three things. Number one, and this is something that economists almost universally agree on, is that we need to have a tax on carbon, where if okay. you're operating in an industry that produces a lot of carbon then so this is what economists call an externality so let's say i operate a factory and i have to pay for like all the things that go into the factory and everything else but part of what the factory does is make a lot of smoke and that smoke doesn't come back down on my property that smoke goes out into the neighborhood and that smoke causes health problems for all the other people that live near the factory right and there's a cost associated with that for the increased medical treatment and all these other things that the smoke causes. And I don't have to pay for that. So that, so that cost of my business is not absorbed by me. It's absorbed by the general community. So that's what economists refer to as an externality. And so over the past hundred years or so, we've started regulating and and taxing certain externalities where like with GE, when they dumped PCBs in the Hudson River, um, well, uh, New York State said, you guys have to clean that up. So they had to pay for that externality. And then you've got environmental impact studies and you've got all sorts of things with new factories where they have to pay for some of these externalities that they would have been able to just offload to the community for free. So 
currently putting out carbon is not really taxed. And that's an externality to the globe because every ton of carbon that you emit is going to be warming the earth some minuscule amount. And so let's, so we got, we got, we, we pro, remember, we're just talking about uh, what's challenging safety and we're talking society. So we, I don't want to go too, too deep into, into climate change. Okay. okay well, and but, I'll speed so, it up, so, but so like, we got carbon, we got a carbon tax. That's one of the three things that you think we could do to uh, combat climate change. Next increased investment in renewable energy, solar, wind, um, possibly tidal, although tidal power is problematic for a whole bunch of reasons. Um, and in nuclear, there, there are safe nuclear technologies out there that people are afraid of because of a couple disasters that happened 40 years ago or 10 years ago. But nuclear is a fantastic option for generating power. Um, and maybe even researching like nuclear fusion, which right now is a technology far out of reach, but it'll continue to be far out of reach if we don't research it. But yeah, we need to, we need, we need to really be getting into this and it's crazy how it's so lobbied against and it, it, that's changing. It's slowly changing. A lot of these companies are realizing they have a lot of money now, but the change is going to happen no matter what. So they need to get behind some of the change rather than wait until the majority of their wealth is depleted and then it's just too late to invest. Yeah. So, uh, but the, the reason why to, to circle this back to the whole like global and societal safety thing is that if you have the climate change in such a way that mass amounts of people are displaced or food resources tighten considerably such that we don't have the ability to produce all the food for enough food for all the people in the world to eat, that's going to cause a tremendous amount of global conflict because now you've got a stiff competition for resources and that's going to affect everyone's safety as global conflicts erupt over less and less abundant resources. Yeah. Um, all right. So we get carbon tax, renewable energy. What else? Those are the two. Uh, I don't, I don't have a third cause those two would do a ton. Well, I've said this before in other podcasts, but I think in 50 years, uh, everybody's going to be vegetarian. And we're, we're going to look back at people who ate meat and be like, how could you, you just killed other animals for your meat? Well, so actually you, you bring up a great point because farming meat is incredibly wasteful when it comes to resources in terms of how much grain you have to feed a cow to get one pound of meat and how much water you have to put into a cow to get one pound of meat. And how much water you have to put into the grain. So you got water that goes into the grain. That's kind of factored in, but like well, just, it's just adding, yeah. adding to your point. Yeah. Um, so Rosh says like every time he visits uh, his, his ex-wife's in Georgetown, South Carolina, he's, he's uh, his nose is filled with the smell of the paper mill all over town. So oh, that's an externality. Yeah. And Charleston has one too, but that's, that's an example of an externality. Here's a bad smell that's causing suffering to other people. And the company is able to just say, you know what, we're going to make the place stink because it makes us money. They don't have to do anything to make it smell less because no one's making them. So they can operate more profitably, not having to take care of the smell. And the negative effects of that aren't borne by them. They're borne by others. Yeah. Uh, so, but back onto the meat thing here. Back onto the meat. Um, so... Uh. <laughs> Just, I'm, I'm, reading, I'm re reading the comments as well. Yeah. yeah. Buy more Tesla. Sorry. Renewable energy vibe was, was too easy. Uh, and then she's out. So she wants us to buy more Tesla. I think Tesla's a company that, that's, that's unless Elon Musk does something really dumb, which you seem to think he, you know, he, he tends to give it a week. And, yeah. And he very well may, but, but it's a company that's going in the right direction. Um, but I really think, uh, you know, when we get to the point where meat is banned, which I, I love meat, like, you know, I, I've had to, you know, I went to post every once in a while. I like to post something on Instagram. It's a current picture. And the last couple of times I've gone to post something, it was just me eating a giant steak. And I was like, fuck, I guess I, I can't have three posts in a row. They're just me just diving into, you know, my canine teeth sticking yeah. out, biting into so steak. Jessica says, I like meat. I don't want space bag food. And but the, the point is that technology is going to take 
fake meat to the level you're not going to be able to tell the difference and it's going to be grown in labs and you're not going to have cow farts and the, the whole nine that 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 come with along with all the ethical concerns of how we treat animals in factory farms and everything else like i think i, I think you're right that like in 50 or 100 years we're going to look back at how we currently treat animals and to to raised for food and be disgusted with ourselves and so i'm not i'm not hating on anybody for liking meat like it's well, tasty well, but, I, we're not going to get there until the technology is there to replace. We're we're society is not even going to delve into the idea. I'm just predicting the future, and I know I'm right on this. But society is not even going to get into the idea of stopping meat production until the technology is there to replicate meat with a fake product that you can't tell the difference. And they're and, getting closer. No, yeah, but they're fucking way, way ass far away. I eat a lot of meat. Every once in a while, I see one, you know, some, some place that I like advertising some meat substitute. I walk by it a hundred times, and I'm no, like, no, that's oh, there's I, a difference between the Impossible Burger and lab-grown meat, where they're actually growing the like the muscle tissue for these animals, but we just don't need to have the animals produce it. We can just grow it in a lab. Well, I haven't eaten any of that, right? So. And I don't think anybody that I know of probably has because it's but not the, really commercially available. Exactly. So that's so that's the issue we're running. We're, we're way far away from that. And until that's very prevalent, like the impossible burgers are, which are not I mean, they're somewhat close to meat, but they're not close to like a real good hamburger. So, you know, it's not I, right. But what I'm saying is that the idea with lab grown meat is that it gets to a point where you wouldn't be able, be able to tell the difference. Exactly. All right. So um, if, if you're cool with that being the third, I think that's a really big factor. I think eliminating or minimizing meat consumption, I, I think that's a good third. Yeah. Uh, all right. So so that's it. So what else is a, is a major global societal safety threat? Political extremism. <laughs> um, okay. Uh, and how do you how do you mitigate that? Well, that kind of brings us to where where I started off in terms of suggesting a topic for today, which is there there's two news items that I saw this week that got me thinking about this. The first was and this is a, a conglomeration of news items, but you've got various town council meetings right now or school board meetings where people are debating where the council or the school board's debating a mask mandate because of the Delta variant and everything else. Right. Listen to this on the, on the news on the right home today. And the videos from, from these public meetings are insane. People are super pissed and I mean, I, I have to just go ahead and cast blame here that it's the people against mass mandates, which is predominantly coming from the right, that to me represent the more dangerous side. I saw a video from Tennessee where a guy, I think it was at a school board meeting, spoke out in favor of like masking the kids in school. And as he's walking to his car, he's surrounded by like 15 or 20 people all saying, we know who you are and we know where you live and stuff like that. And like, he was able to drive away safely, but those well, are really threatening comments. But, but the thing is that, and that in my opinion might be some of the news outlets that you're listening to, because the other side of it is, you know, the, the, the pro maskers feel that their lives, they, that their lives are under attack. And that the anti-maskers aren't just like, oh, I don't, you know, I don't want to wear a mask, but they're actually trying to kill the people that want to wear masks. So, well, that's a bit extreme of an extance, but let's let's look at let's look at both cases here. Let's let's just assume that the people that are pro-mask are wrong, right? Mm -hmm. Well, and, and, that, the, and that's this is the, this is the this is the the, the Trump card here. I don't know. No, just president. yeah, but I just think about it like this. this. this is the Let's assume that wearing a mask does fuck all to prevent infection or transmission of this of this disease. Right. Let's just imagine that we figure that out later on. We're like, whoa, shit. We thought that was working, but it didn't. Well, so wearing a mask is a very mild inconvenience and you're doing it 
not so much for yourself, but for others around you. And so, okay, so, if, so I would is, rather if, be if in the position it, that in point, two years, people on, tell me. The, the point is, if, if you did it for 18 months and you were wrong, what if is nothing? You just did it and, and you were mildly inconvenienced that you had to you know, touch your face. But the, the other side is, if you don't do it for 18 months and you're wrong and it does cause wild transmission, which we know that you know, it's, a, it's a respiratory, transmitted respiratorily, um, then lots of people die. So the what if is much more severe when you're not wearing the mask. Okay. Yeah, that's my point. Yeah. So I get what you're saying, um, but you're right. You're right. It's this crazy, this democratic, and it, this is a symptom of democracy and not, and not the Republic. Yes and no. I think what we're seeing right now is that one side of the debate is much more likely to threaten or employ violence against the other. Do you mean and the, the data people, bear that out. The people that want to own guns and want everybody to have guns are more likely to inflict violence on the people that don't want guns. I'm not talking just about guns. There was a, oh, there was yeah, a video I, I, in, in from outside of like L.A. City Hall where they were having a mask debate about like whether L.A. needed to go back to wearing masks. And like outside, there's this huge brawl and apparently a couple people got stabbed. And like in the video, like the people that are pro mask aren't really instigating anything. They're trying to get away and they're being attacked. Well, you know, I don't see pro mask people attacking anti mask people. I see anti mask people attacking pro mask yeah, and, people. And I, I mean, I so don't... that's not a democracy. You don't win your point by using violence against violence oh, against yeah, the right. other party. What I'm saying is that people are so involved with what's going on rather than leaving to the representatives. Well, no, you have to you have to put pressure on your representatives, but there's yes, a but right not, and a wrong on, way to do that. Other, yeah, not on the other people. But it's the, you know, the reason, in my opinion, that we're running into so much conflict here is because it's now almost, you know, it's 18 months later. And this is still we're still having a conversation as to whether or not we should be wearing masks. Whereas why do you think that is? It's this is what I, the, my the exact point that I'm making is because we didn't do enough early on. And the president that we had at the time was like, oh, it'll just go away. And it wasn't this is there was no rhetoric about this being serious. You need to be safe. Um, you know, if you do go out, you, you know, it's it's. Uh, I don't know. I, I wanted to in my head compare it to AIDS, but but like. It's just, you know, we, we didn't do no, it. No, it's not on. even remotely comparable oh, no, to AIDS, it's not, though. But, but again, that was a major epidemic outbreak. And it, it was, was but and the it way it poorly, was transmitted was different. Obviously, but it was poorly managed in the beginning. And yeah. And, and what happened was we didn't make a big enough deal about it early on. It's not as deadly as, as AIDS is. And it's, it's a completely, you know, it's a completely different situation. But point is, we didn't, we didn't do enough in the beginning. And, you know, the federal government played both sides, if not the more lenient side, empowering the people that are now more lenient. And those people are ticked the fuck off that it's 18 months later and we're still having this conversation when nobody led them to believe 18 months ago that it was even important. And you get fucking tired as fuck 18 months down the line of somebody trying to tell you to do something that you don't think is important. It's, the, you know, it's like the seatbelt law. They turned it into a law. Right. Like it was, we didn't, they just decided one day it was going to be a law. And then everybody else started getting these expensive tickets. There was no back and forth about it. It just, well, and then eventually people just got into the habit of it because there, what was your choice? But the problem was we went four months where it was a choice. Right. right? And that's, well, that's the issue. Well, I think we also, I, I'm going to draw another conclusion here. So I feel like this is almost 20 years ago now. When in New York was one of the first states to do it, if not the first to, state to do it, where they banned smoking in pretty much all indoor environments, couldn't smoke in a bar, couldn't smoke in a restaurant, couldn't smoke in like a bowling alley or anything else. And at first people were super pissed because they had been smoking in bars for the longest time and smoking in restaurants for the longest time. And New York just says, deal with it. 
this is what's what we think is best for the people and there was uproar for three to six months of the people who are used to smoking in bars and then everyone got used to it and now when you go to a bar or a restaurant where people are smoking you're like what the hell is this am i back in like the 80s but what happened was it happened so fast they didn't spend six months being like well you know you shouldn't smoke it's you know well we're not really sure if smoking is actually you know what because remember in the beginning they were like you shouldn't wear a mask and really the message that they did a very poor job at delivering was people are stealing the masks from hospitals and our healthcare workers need the masks. right it, initially it was it was don't wear a mask unless you need to because there was a huge shortage in masks so, so leave the the limited supply that we have that, to the that people be, that really need them but that would be akin to saying you know we're not you know you should smoke cigarettes still because we're thinking about banning cigarettes but you should still smoke them because we need you to smoke them because be, the industry you know like yeah, whatever because it employs a lot of people <laughs> so but that's but that's why we're having and i'm not saying the anti-maskers are wrong but i'm i'm telling you where they feel justified in doing this and that's and that's no, you know, I, because I, of the beginning, I think it's something different. And again, I'm going to I have to put this into like a right versus left kind of a thing. But you've got much more so on the right than the left, this strong anti elitist view. And anytime they feel like something some kind of elite is telling them what to do they have a knee-jerk reaction to it so if you're a doctor or a scientist you're a member of the elite and if you're telling me what to do i'm not going to do it because i I don't want the elites ruining my life i get your point completely but we have so much that's so much more of an issue now because a year and three months ago the elite the elite were telling you something else and that's and that's where it fell apart. Not that it's and they might like everybody knows that they were wrong right off the bat. But the issue is that it, it's giving them this argument that they can use. You know, I'm all for masks. I don't mind. You know, that someplace says wear a mask. You know, it is. It, I, I put a mask on. I've had a mask on forever. I, you know, even when there's not a mask, I put it on the common spaces like the elevators and things. However, I walked into there's an antique store off Fifth Avenue. It looked like a really cool antique store. There was like these four foot uh you know uh, i don't know what they were made out of but really well patinaed lion statues out front you could see like where they've been rubbed um and i was like wow you know these these things are probably solid brass really cool looking things i want to see what else the store has my mask was in my pocket i look in the store there's a sign that says you know please wear a mask whatever but i look in the store and i see i see a guy i see three people from the back and i see another guy who's sitting on a chair he's not wearing a mask I didn't see the other people in the store. I just saw there were more people. I saw this guy not wearing a mask. So I walk in and the guy goes, uh, you got to wear a mask. And I go, well, well, you're not wearing a mask. And he, he goes, you need to wear a mask. I was like, fuck this. And I just walked out. But why make a fight about that? Why not? Just be because like, the guy, sorry, man, because the guy wasn't wearing a mask himself. And that's so you know, what? And, but again, I can't help control. You can't control the knee jerk reaction because that's really it's a knee jerk and it takes a minute to like get adjusted. Well, you know, it's his store or whatever, but, but I was so turned off by, and I was like, where's your mask? And he, he's like, you need to wear a mask. And I'm like, well, that's back ass word as fuck, dude. Um, uh, you know, I'm not, I'm out of here. Like I just, there's no rationale, but you know, you telling me I have to wear a mask, but you don't have to wear a mask. Why not find out? Why not ask him? Why aren't you wearing a mask? Well, Why not stick around to, to learn something? Because because it, because the tone in which he said, you know, uh, you know, where, where's your mask or something like that. And I was, you know, I, I was just I was turned off by the whole situation. But again, dude, you live in New York. Since when has tone turned you off to a conversation? Well, if, if the guy is going to lose potential business, you know, ultimately, in my mind, in that moment, it was me that was that was winning that that. Why does it have to be about wins and losses? Because that's that's what we were just talking about. <laughs> <laughs> that's it what uh, outside of masks there's got to be there's there's got to be some major societal because there's a lot of other things that we can talk about we can talk about viruses we can talk about we can talk about smoking we can talk about things like that speed limits what are some other major threats outside of climate change outside of not wearing a mask 
the mask is a symptom of a larger problem. Yes, but now we're talking about safety. So. Right. And what I'm talking about is the larger problem has an impact on safety, which is certain people, and this actually ties into climate change too. This, this is all encompassing, is refusal to accept evidence-based conclusions. Well, it, what we just said is what if you wear a mask? You were mildly inconvenienced. What if you don't wear a mask? You That's know, not what I'm talking about. I'm but, talking but, like this is a catch-all to probably every every problem that we have right now is a significant sector of the population's refusal to accept evidence-based conclusions. Because again, a lot, and I'm not saying all these people, but a lot of them don't have that in their education, and then it's really easy for them to look at somebody who said. You don't need to wear a mask. I don't want to talk about masks. But but again, what's happening is they're getting mixed messages and then they start to question the authority. And we have a major issue where you can't, you know, Trump came in saying, I'm going to I'm going to drain the swamp. And and he was literally swamp thing. I don't know if you remember that movie. (laughs) I had the action figure, but he literally was swamp thing. So yeah, and all the people that he had were just like the worst "quote unquote" swamp creatures. If you want to stay in parlance, but they're they're literally yeah, they were literally the most corrupt right. people that were out there. You know, going down the list, and so you're many not addressing so, my point. My, well, I am because what I'm saying is people don't trust authority, and and we're not. So why don't people trust authority? You shouldn't wear masks. You shouldn't wear masks. You shouldn't wear masks without without any clear reason. What's, the, the message should have been people are stealing masks from hospitals. Our healthcare professionals need masks the most. You also need a mask, but don't, you know, chill out of the masks, basically. But the message was you don't need a mask. And then the message was you need a mask. So and, 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 and they didn't cover for themselves. They didn't say, well, we didn't know enough about the virus and our healthcare professionals needed the masks. They, they, they just changed the messaging one day and then CNN and MSNBC got behind them. We're like, no, that never happened. So, well, okay. But let, let's talk about vaccinations then. Like what's what, what's the deal with all these people? Re, like, and the anti-vax thing, while it's gotten a lot more attention in the last nine months, like with the vaccines actually being out for COVID, but like this really started like eight to 10 years ago and it yeah. really took hold more on the left than it did the right. Like the extreme crunchy hippie left didn't want vaccines. And so I'm not lodging all of my criticism at the right here. Again, refusal to accept evidence-based conclusions. But you had a whole bunch of leftist hippies or whatever, and some hippies, of these are very educated. But those hippies don't Refusing like, to get vaccines. But they don't like authority. Those hippies that want to live off-grid and only eat granola they don't like authority. They don't like the establishment. And and that's that's one of the biggest things is that the, the authorities that we have are, you know, especially with Trump, you know, we have so much pressure back against the authorities. And we're in a huge, right. huge country. So let, let, jo, Raj is telling us that we're getting tight on time. So yeah, let's we, find we a are, way of wrapping this up. We are getting we are getting tight on time. You need to get vaccinated. Have you gotten vaccinated? No, but I was just thinking, you know, I was like, you know, I wonder my thing about it is like I've gone almost 20 years without having health insurance. So like something happens to me and I'm just like, well, I'm not going to. It's going to cost me so much money. So I'm just so averse to going into the hospital or doing any of this stuff. Um, but I'm, I have every intention of doing it. I'm just, you know, I'm waiting. It's for not hard. Out. Do it. Well, I get it. I get it. I'm all for it. Um, then do it. We are running out of time. Um, I got nothing to bring us back home here, but the you know the bring home is how do we turn things around? And we're not. We can't I have the solution, which is start listening to evidence based solutions. Yes, and evidence is. <laughs> we should get into that in the next <laughs> one of the next episodes. Um, I got some cool stuff I want to talk about. We're going to bring a, a dating podcast on board with us. We may bring Natalie back. Thank you big time for Natalie for joining us last time. Um, we are like super out of time. So James, thank you for joining. Rosh Galeb in the background, feeding us your comments. Rosh, thanks for watching the, the clock for us. And uh, thank you everybody for joining.
Right. Uh, we are out. Bye. Laters. All right. Looks like you made it. It's the end of the episode. Thank you for joining. If you have not already, please, please, please don't forget to like this episode. Subscribe to the podcast. Make sure you comment. Little engagement is uh, what helps us grow. So I appreciate every uh, every bit of effort. Thank you, guys. See you next time. I like PBR. I just got priced out of it.